Hey, everybody, welcome to You Are Beautiful with Lawrence Arian. And I'm just going to start off by just saying this. Hey, lady, you are absolutely beautiful. I'm talking to my dear friend, Garcelle Beauvais. I mean, I'm looking at you right now and I'm thinking, wow, you're beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you. I am ecstatic to be on your podcast. First of all, thank you for always saying yes, number one. And number two, here's the most important question. Why aren't we a super couple? (laughs) I mean, okay. (laughs) Is there anything you want to share with the world? (laughs) Look, let me just say something. We can always get ebony and ivory and who knows what would happen, right? I'm just saying life is a party. So the concept of this podcast is who we are inside and how our life has changed and evolved in the last couple of years. So let me ask you this. Yeah. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? That's a very good question. When I look in the mirror, I still see a little girl because I think I see my spirit. Really? You know, sometimes I'm kind to her and sometimes, you know, we all are our worst critics, but I do feel like inside there's still a little girl wanting, you know, validation like we all do. The thing that you've done in your brand new book, Love Me As I Am, is you're very honest and you're candid about therapy. In your therapy journey, do you go back and talk to that sweet little girl? I do. I absolutely do. I have forgiven her for things that I felt needed forgiveness. I have seen her when I felt that other people hadn't, other people who were important in my life. I love that you in the book, talk a lot about forgiveness of self. And since I've been in therapy, I'm sober. You know, we've talked about that. Yeah. I have to forgive myself for being a child because I had no power or control over it. And that has been one of my life's toughest journeys. Mm -hmm. How long did it take you to forgive your child? A long time. I was a grown ass woman (laughs) and I didn't even know about this. You know what? I didn't grow up in a household where we talked about our feelings where we even thought about therapy. If someone said therapy, it was like, because they're crazy. You know, it wasn't because to improve self. So for me, I didn't even realize that was a thing until I started working on myself and realizing that there were things that I was holding on to and not just for other people, but for myself, you know, I had to forgive myself for not giving my father a chance, you know, when I thought he didn't want a chance, I wasn't open enough for it. So let me ask you this. Have you, because I think forgiveness of self is really tough, number one. Number two, it was really hard for me to go back in time and forgive my parents. And I have forgiven them. I've let them go and I love them and I hold them in such a beautiful space. Have you forgiven your mom and your dad? I have. I have. I have. I have. I have. I mean, it's what was really challenging for me is like forgiving my mom, but yet at at the same time, she is my shero for bringing me into this country and bring, giving me life period. And then with my dad, I feel like some of my daddy issues are around there around that, you know, around him and our relationship. But yeah, I have forgiving him because I realized as a parent now we do the best we can. We do the best with what we know and what we have. And, you know, I come from a culture where again, the women raise the kids, not the men, Right. right? The men don't talk about how they feel. They just, do things. 
And so I had to learn how to forgive that because he was working with what he had. There was no Google. There were no books. There were no sharing stories. Here's the thing that I've loved about the work. I forgive my parents for what they were taught. Mm -hmm. And I also forgive my parents for the choices they had to make in a specific time. And it had nothing to do with me. No. And do you find now that as a parent, you've been able to forgive your parents just a little bit more? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm trying to parent differently. You know, I talk to my kids at nauseam and sometimes I think they wish I would shut up, but I never, as a kid, like we were seen and not heard. I never had a grown up apologize to me ever. Really? Ever. And even when, you know, one of my sisters was in town visiting and I did something to the boys or I snapped, I was irritable that day. And then I went back and I apologized. And my sister was like, what are you doing? Like she didn't get it. And it was like, you know what? I'm human and I need them to see me as a human person, not perfect. I've made mistakes and I will probably make some more. Right. But I wanted them to know that I can apologize as an adult to them because I respect them. Which is such a hard gift. And here's what I love about the book. You know, I've known you for, I've known you for a long ass time. You were, you were, you were literally probably on one of my first red carpets when I was covering for extra. And the thing that has touched me so deeply about this book, you know, I was telling you earlier, started it last night, finished it this morning. And I've been very emotional throughout the entire process in this window of time. Yeah. Because I never understood until now why we've connected so deeply. And you say these words throughout forgiveness, which is a journey that I'm on. You have three boys. I'm one of three boys. You had a parent that left you. I have a parent that left me. You have used the words, see, I see you. And from the moment you and I met, it touches me so deeply. You have always seen me. And for a new kid on the block that didn't know his head from his ass, <laughs> you made me feel like I belonged in that spot, that I earned my place. And every single time I've seen you, you've seen me, you've loved me, you've validated me, and you've just celebrated me. And <sighs> you just, Garcelle, touch me so deeply because you are who you are. You're going to make me cry. You're going to make me cry. I saw you because you also saw me. And I think that's why when we see each other, the love and the energy, and we give each other the longest hugs, it's just a connection that you can't, you don't know why people are in your life. You don't know why, right? But when you meet someone, it's almost like we had a life before this life. Okay, shut up. Because because this morning, I was as I was reading the book, and I keep thinking, like, you know, one of my favorite sayings, and you'll understand why I'm saying this, you know, life is a season, a reason, and a lifetime. And I'm yes. like, shut up. Because then I turn two pages, and you write with friendships, a season, a reason, and a lifetime. And throughout your entire book, I'm like, shut up. That's me. Shut up. That's me. And then the other thing that you wrote in the book is you keep saying, I keep waiting for my big break. Like there's a part of you. And I'm like, I keep waiting for my big, like we are so similar, but I'm not a beautiful, sexy, but I'm not a beautiful, sexy black woman. And you're not an extremely (laughs) handsome gay man, but we're so, (laughs) 
but we're so similar. And that is what it's all about. It's the connections. I cannot believe you said that. I mean, you're right. This, the differences are what they are, but yet, you know, I grew up, you know, born in Haiti. I mean, like all of it, but yet there was, there's a connection and that's the universe. That's life. But here's what's so fascinating. You and I have lived so many similar lives in the sense of we were in New York in the exact same time. Like I was in New York right. waiting tables at Canistel's on 19th Street and Park Avenue South across the street from Cafe Iguana when you were, weren't you wearing bunny ears? Yes. <laughs> I was Bunny Garcelle. I love that more than anything. Please tell me you still have your bunny ears. I don't know. You could, you weren't allowed to take anything. You couldn't even leave the building with anything. I got fake ID. I needed to make money. My dad was like, we're not sending you money to keep you in New York. And I was not going back. And so I got fake ID to work at the Playboy Club. Well, modeling during the day. Building my portfolio, going on go all that. First cover was Essence Magazine. Yeah. My first cover was Essence and I was on a bus and this beautiful <laughs> black woman came on the bus. I was taking buses because I was so afraid of the subways. All I heard were stories of people being pushed in front of a subway before I moved to New York. So I was like, I'm not taking a subway. And this beautiful black woman with braids down to her waist comes and she sits and I was sort of the towards the front and, you know, just minding my business, looking around. And before she left, she gave me a card. And it was Suzanne Taylor of Essence Magazine. The next thing I know, I'm doing the college issue and I'm on the cover. Crazy. Let me just say something. I wish you could have watched me reading your book because I said so many times, shut up. You <laughs> quoted a Frank Sinatra song. And my dad's favorite song was, I did it my way. And there's so many parallels for you, apparently. Yeah, obviously. So that means that I get to be on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yes, season. yes. You can be my date to the, the next function we have. Because I know them all. I know, I know them all. Do. Here's the difference between Gregory and I, twin brother, my identical twin, yeah, yeah. is New York. You know, when I moved to New York, my dad, I think, gave me a couple hundred bucks and said, here, good luck. And said, this is all you get from me. I want you to be okay. But that's all my dad gave me. And I knew I would never call. I never, ever from that moment asked my father for a dime. And he said, you're choosing to go to New York? If you're choosing to go to New York, you go live your life. This is your dream. You go do it. And gave me nothing. Same as you know now. Same. Nothing. No help whatsoever. It's interesting. The journey children have with their parents. My mother had no tools. She had absolutely no tools. She was born during, you know, the ravages of World War II. My dad had no tools. He was born in a third world country and my parents did the best they could with what they were taught. The part of the book that touched me deeply is your relationship with your mother. And I didn't get to ask my mother every single question. I didn't know how to ask the questions. And I was drinking so much. And she died as an alcoholic at 58. I'm now what? almost 17 years sober by the grace of God. So grateful and never lucky. The fact that you don't use the word lucky. Blessed. I only say blessed because luck blessed. is when you go to Vegas and you roll snake eyes. I've had no luck. That's right. That's right. You wish you asked your mother more questions. So let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. What are some of the questions you wish you could have asked your mother? Are you happy? What makes you happy? When do you feel sad and what do you do with it? 
I would also ask her, where does she find her strength? Yeah. No, to leave Haiti, leave us for a year and a half so that she can come and get our paperwork in order and then send for us. Like, where do you get that strength? And, you know, she left her baby there. Now, again, as a mom, I can't even imagine leaving my kids for a year, although it was obviously good intentions. But how do you do that? How do you do that? And, you know, I think my dad was the love of her life. I would have liked to have known, was he really? And what really happened? And one of the things is I've only known her side of their relationship. I would have liked to have known a little bit about his side of the relationship as well. But as you write in the book, your mother taught you dignity, strength, the ability to survive loss. And you said that your mother is your angel. The one thing that you said that your mother gave you wings to fly. The one thing my mother always said to me before I would take off on a plane would be angels on your wings. Shut up with this. Are you kidding me? Garcelle, I got it. I'm going, I'm getting teary again. There are no mistakes. There are no, like our lives are so paralleled and I know you. Yeah. I don't get to spend as much time with you as I would yeah. like. Yeah. And when that happens, that yeah. will be amazing. Yeah. For people that want to get to know you, Oof. this book is like spending time with a best friend. Mm-hmm. You go deep, you're raw, you're candid, you're so funny. <laughs> and the way you allow yourself to be honest, choices we make, mistakes. But you also say, if we don't make mistakes, how do we live our lives? Exactly. Exactly. Because who's perfect? Who has it all figured out? I'm still a work in progress. I had to learn how to be nice, but stand up for myself because I was taught be nice, be nice, be nice to a fault. I had to learn how to continue being nice, but standing up for me. You know, even when I started acting, I went to Howard Fine, which is, he's an amazing, he was or is still an amazing actor and teacher. I couldn't get upset. We would do a scene where I had to get mad and I couldn't get mad because I wasn't allowed to. I wasn't allowed to have that voice and to be angry. And interestingly enough, all the roles I got were strong, powerful women that Inside, I didn't feel like I was. So let me ask you this then. As a kid growing up, because I know I recall in the book when your dad came home and you wanted a fork. Right. And your dad came back with, no, you go get your own fork. And that sort of shook the foundation of your home. Yeah. Did your mother scold you? Did your mother? So like, where did that fear of voice come from? The fear to speak your truth, the fear to have emotion, the fear to stand up Um, for yourself. Because I didn't see it. Wow. 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 I didn't see it. You know, if you cried, we'll give you a reason to cry, you know, is is the response you would get. Like, I didn't see it. I didn't know how to do it. And, you know, everything was just, you know, copacetic. Like, we, they didn't talk around the kids. So I didn't, I didn't hear conversations. You were shooed in another room or, you know, I didn't have an opinion. Let me ask you this personal question. Yeah. Because of the relationship you had, the interesting relationship, the roller coaster relationship, the delicate relationship you had with your dad, Axel, do you feel that the choices you made with your husband, first husband, Danny, second husband, Michael, that you had daddy issues? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Still working through. You know, I can't say I picked men that were nice enough. 
Wow. But I don't think I picked men that were truly for me. You know, with Mike, I was intentional because I had a child. I had Oliver. I was intentional and picking someone who I thought was safe, who was going to show up, who was going to, you know, walk and talk the talk. And he did. He was all those things. I really thought I won the lotto in husbands because he was attentive. Is this Michael? Michael. Right. Father of the twins. Yeah. The father of the twins. I really thought I chose safe. I didn't want an athlete. I didn't want a, you know, a rock star. I wanted a guy who was going to show up. And Lawrence, he did show up. But yeah. meanwhile. <laughs> Five years. I remember that vividly. I remember everything hitting the press. Mike sent out that letter to CAA. And I remember all of it. And I reached out and just said, I love you. Yep, you did. Right away. Reading in the book, it takes you right there to that moment. And well, let me ask you this. How were you able to handle that blow, that deceit with such integrity and such grace? Honestly, I don't know. At the time, it felt like literally someone pulled the rug out from under me. There was no signs. There were no signs that something was different or something had changed or there was something else going on. I don't know. What was really important to me is that I couldn't hate the man my kids love so much. That was huge for me because my dad wasn't in my life. I didn't want my boys not to have their dad. So it was a case of put it on your bootstraps, get therapy, work on it because they were three. I mean, in the book, three is an important number. My dad left when I was three. When I got divorced with Oliver's dad, he was three. When I got divorced with my boys, when I found out about the betrayal, my boys were three. And I don't know what that means to this day, but I do feel like there's a meaning to it. So I had to do it. I had to do it. I had these two beautiful little boys that were looking up at me. And what was I going to do? And the thing that you just said, because life is an example, we lead by example. You didn't see a healthy, honest relationship, a good relationship between your mom and dad. You didn't see it. Nope. And now you have this opportunity to not only show your boys how a woman can behave with integrity and grace, but how a man can. I would say now come back and treat you differently. Cause I've seen Mike on the show. You've indicated that you guys have a good relationship now. Yeah, we do. We do. And it's all because of those boys, right? I mean, I think we both put them first and we co-parent, we talk, we're at games together. His parents come over. I mean, it's, uh, we got to do it. And part of forgiveness is also if I held that stuff, it would just mess me up. It's like they say forgiveness is like taking poison and expecting the other person to die, but it's you. I had to forgive him and I also had to forgive for me so I would be okay. Wait, say, okay, okay, hold on. Where, <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, wait. They say forgiveness is what? It's like drinking poison and yeah. expecting the other person to die. If you're holding all that bitterness, wow. it's you that's affected. It's you if you haven't forgiven. It's all inside of you. And the person's living their life. And you're holding on to this bitterness and betrayal and anger. I have never heard that before. Wow. Where I go is that anger and resentment is disease, which then creates disease. That's right. That's right. So let me ask you this. You know, we are in a very interesting business. And still to this day, my feelings get hurt all the time. We've talked about that. We talked about it. We have talked about it. the last time I saw you, we talked about that. Yeah. At the Academy Museum. Yes. 
<laughs> and you were wearing the most beautiful white outfit. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. That was a fun moment. Those are, I'll just tell you this. I'll be honest with you. Those are some of those. That was a moment where I looked up with, at God and I'm like, seriously, I'm gay. Are you seriously? I'm gay. Cause I'm having a little tingle. And I have had those talks with God too about you. No, can, can we just say something? We have sexual chemistry. I'm telling you this right now. So there's a moment. Thing. There's a moment that I don't know what the, the, the outlet was, but it's you and I on the red carpet together and we're posing and smiling. And then yeah, when the, something for Kobe Bryant, was it Movado or something? I don't know. It was a watch thing. It was a watch yeah, thing. Yeah. Something like that. And you're in blue, I'm in blue. Yes. And then we step away and we look at each other and I'm looking at you like you were the most delicious meal that needs to be eaten. <laughs> and you're looking at me like, I want to taste me some of that. Okay. <laughs> What's sex between a straight woman and a gay man? Right. Hey, shoes and a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take both. <laughs> How do you not? Take it all personally. How do you not let this business just get to you sometimes? Oh, it does. Oh, it does. I mean, I had to learn how, especially for like auditions, I had to learn that just go and have fun. It's not personal. You not getting that job is because they have a different vision because they, as long as I do a good job in the room, I can leave and go, it's not about me. But for the longest time, it's like, God, am I really supposed to do this? Why do I keep getting no's? What do you want me to do? I mean, I've had a lot of those conversations. Or, you know, you see women who I feel like come out of the gate and they're superstars. And you're like, I've been here for a long time. And it's interesting that I picked a job where I always say, it's the pick me, pick me moment. Pick me, pick me. And there's a place in that that I think is not great, but it's the chosen profession that we, that we picked, you know, here's a big lesson that I learned. Cause you know, I always had one foot out of my career, always one foot out. And really? uh, in the sense of looking for that bigger job, looking for the best job. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, and yeah. I was always like, I want my shot. I want my shot. And then one day, you know, I was on live with Regis and Kathy Lee, live with Regis and Kelly for 20 yeah. years. My God. Forever. And I remember right before I walked out, right before I walked out, I remember looking at Regis Philbin and I thought, why would I ever have one foot out of my life when I'm walking around the corner to meet a legend, to see a legend, to be a part of a show that is with Regis Philbin. So I thought that was such an interesting moment. So I'm at this place now where I'm on both sides. I'm on both sides. I'm like, I'm living my dream. Mm -hmm. I have everything I want, but instead of walking down this road, I'm open to the possibilities of other things coming in. And is that wrong? Not at all. Not at all. Like you've come to a good place with it. It's interesting. I still, and I think that's why I work so hard. You're going to totally relate to this. I still want my shot. I still want, I still want, I still want that shot. And, you know, these last couple of years have forced me to, let's just quote an old cliche, Mm -hmm. stop and smell the roses. And I feel because we texted each other afterwards, something was very profound when we saw each other Mm -hmm. at the Academy event. Mm -hmm. And I think it was stopping and appreciating this moment in a way like we never have before. And our friendship. Where do you now stop? What makes you now stop and smell the roses? Those aha moments that you have that you didn't have in the last couple of years. I think for me, it's when I can shut everything down. I cannot have my phone. I can, when I think, oh my God, I'm coming out with a book. Like almost, it's almost kind of like, like, who do I think I am? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, 
when when I look back, when I talk to people like you, and I feel like we we talk about what I've done, I think those are the moments that I go, oh my God, you know, I have done something. I went to therapy and the woman goes, what is success to you? Like, when do you know? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. And it's not, I don't think I'll ever stop wanting because that's just who I am. That's my personality. I always want to be busy. I always want to do things. Right. And looking back now, I can see that I've accomplished a lot. But if you had asked me that last year, I probably would have been like, no, I'm still kind of like, pick me, <laughs> you know? Here's what's great about you. And here's another thing that I will say, you know, we're saying, I was telling you earlier, you know, about I see you, you see me and you want those moments. Mm-hmm. You also show up for people that you genuinely authentically love. And as busy as you are, you we're hosting a show yeah, and they were looking for new hosts. Mm-hmm. And I get stuck in this lane, which is why I've created this podcast to expand my lanes. Good. And I remember calling you and saying, Hey, you know what? I want a shot. Mm-hmm. Will you do me a favor and call the executive producer and just say, Hey, you know what? I want Lawrence Zarian to sit next to me one day. There's Ross Matthews. He can be on the other side. Love Ross Matthews. Me too. And without missing a beat, you picked up the phone. You called the EP. Unfortunately, it didn't go as we had planned. But in that moment, it wasn't about the job. It was about you. We want people to go and take a shot for us. Yeah. And you did. And that's who you are. That's That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to do. It really is. We're supposed to do that. So when people buy your book and I get sent books all the time. And there are those that you're like, okay, I'll start. And I'm going to stop. And I'm going to start. And I read it with a very objective eye. Good. It's you, Garcelle. It's so you. And it's mindful and thoughtful and thought-provoking and painful and honest and funny. And what do you want people to get about you? What I want people to get about me is I, oh, this is tough. I would say that I had hope. Mm. I didn't know where that hope was going to take me. I persevere. You know, I, I'm, I persevere. I push through. We all have things that could have broken us, but I push through. And I think that's the most important thing. Push through, live your life, be grateful, come from gratitude and love the people you want to love. You know, love the people you truly love and we're not perfect and that's okay. You've also been blessed because of your hard work. And after reading the book, it's very clear. Nothing was handed to you. You've worked your ass off, which makes it so much sweeter on the other side. But I love a good name drop. So let me just name drop a couple of things, uh, <laughs> a couple of names. And you tell me the first things that pop into your mind. Okay. Okay. okay ready? Okay. Buckle yeah. up. Eddie Murphy. Love. I love him. I think he's great. <laughs> and you guys dated for a minute, right? We did. We did. Okay. Speaking of dating, but didn't date or did date. Okay. Jamie Foxx. Didn't date. Didn't date. But he is like a brother to me. He is like a brother to me. But didn't you guys have like a conversation? Like, should we date? Should we not date? Or there was always like you and I, this unspoken sexual chemistry. Definitely unspoken sexual chemistry. And I think we didn't want to rock the boat. Do you know what I mean? And first of all, we didn't think we were going to do a hundred episodes. Yeah. So we didn't want to rock the boat. I also saw his life. He wasn't anywhere near ready to have a relationship. You know, I knew where the bodies were buried, but also 
you know, he was growing up. I was growing up. This was all new to us. He was the star of the show. It was such a groundbreaking show, 1996 to 2001. I mean, and it was celebrated and so well received. I mean, insanely well received, especially in the black community. And also WB, this was like the first foray for the WB. No one knew the network, didn't think it was going to last. And we thought, you know, if we do 13 episodes, we're golden. And we ended up doing a hundred episodes. And here's what I love about life. I love full circle moments because you're playing this amazing character by the name of Fancy Monroe (laughs) and he's playing Jamie King Mm -hmm. and then flash cut to 2013 and you're playing the president and first lady of the United States. No, that was incredible. Um, White House down. That was really incredible. And, and we hadn't seen each other in a long time. So that was really nice. That was really, really nice. How about that? Okay. A few more. When I say this TV show, what pops to mind? Sesame Street. Oh my God. Everything. That's where I learned English. Everything. Big Bird, the Count. Everything. (laughs) I love that. How did you learn English? Sesame Street. Sesame Street. Yeah. Okay. Angela Bassett. Oh, a friend. We've lost touch. I mean, she's bigger than ever, but uh, she was a friend when I was starting out when a lot of other actresses weren't as welcome. She was great. Yeah. Okay. Just, just a few more. Okay. Now we're going to jump forward. Okay. Tell me the Mm -hmm. things that pop into your mind. Ready? Yeah. Erica Jane. Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I wish you could all see see Garcelle's face. Literally. Erica Jane. Trouble. It was the first word that comes to my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sutton Strack. Friend. Fun. Crazy. (laughs) But a friend. A true friend. Kyle Richards. We're getting there. Funny. Sweet. Family. Family is everything to her. And uh, we have a good friendship now. Yeah. When you need to feel sexy, Mm -hmm. what do you put on? (laughs) I put on great lingerie. I play R&B music while I'm getting dressed. I may have a drink or so. And then uh, it depends on where I'm going. I love a little black dress, but I also love jeans and a great button-down shirt and some great jewelry. In your life with where you're at, I know how lucky your boys are. Mm -hmm. Jax, Jade, and Oliver. And you're a grandma. Yeah. (laughs) You're surrounded by amazing men. Who are your female Rider dies. My female writer dies, my assistant has, my girlfriend Nicole E. Smith, who we wrote this book to, my niece Marie. I have a really great group of women that I call they're my front row. They're the women that are there for me, good and bad. They will keep me accountable and be like, girl, do you know who you are? You can, yeah, you yeah. know, you can request this. And then also, girl, that wasn't cool. Like they're my writer dies. And I have a lot of acquaintances and friends in, in the industry, but I know who my front row is. Do you feel as if you're open to meeting somebody again? I am. I am. I don't know where I'd find the time, but I am. I am. I'm in a good place. Although the thing that I grapple with is I really want to take the time and truly continue bonding with my boys before they you know, leave and go off to college. That's really important to me. And I think also there's a lesson there. I felt like when I got with Mike, Oliver was seven and I feel like I poured so much into that relationship that I may have missed the ball here and there. And I think subconsciously, I'm afraid of repeating that. Um, But that being said, they will go off and lead their lives and I will want a partner. But here's what's great about you. You are not repeating the past. 
you know, as a child with your parents, you didn't get to speak to your mother that much. You didn't get to ask her the questions and then with your father, but you're filling in the blanks for your kids. And I will say that is the biggest gift a parent can give to their child is communication. And I feel that when we know better, we do better. And how open you are on camera publicly about Oliver and his relationship with his addictions and the journey that he's on. Mm -hmm. I feel that you're giving your children the roadmap to know that mom's doing her best and she wants to communicate. And I don't want to be prejudiced or anything. You know, I'm a big fan of twin boys. I know you are. (laughs) I wonder why. But you and your brother seem like so close. I'll tell you this, Garcelle, Greg and I are in the exact same business. It's not tough. I will say before Thanksgiving, we got into one of the worst fights we've ever gotten into. I mean, really, it was bad. Greg and I communicate differently. I communicate one way without sharing his story. He communicates another way. And he's very much like my mom. I'm very much like my, my dad with a lot of my mom, but they got divorced and they both right. communicated differently. And we didn't speak for a week. I said, I can't talk to you for one week. Wow. And was that the first time? Like one week? You know what? That's an interesting question. I will say this. It's the first time. I think, yes, it's wow. the first time I needed to take space and be on my own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every action is a reaction. And Gregory and I now have never been in a better place. But right. he said, he said, you left me. You're my older brother and you abandoned me. And how much older are you? Two minutes? Seven seven (laughs) minutes. I'm like, dude, it's seven minutes. You're not the baby. But like any sort of relationship, we put the time in and we fight to figure it out. And I think that's the most important thing. Are your twin boys close? They are. I mean, they're 14. They, They would say no, but I see moments and I see as they're getting older, when they're like, let's just say if we're in the kitchen, I see them talking about things. Like I see things that I feel better about in the future, but right now, you know, they go to different schools. They wanted to go to different schools this year. This is the first time we've ever done it. And it actually has been good. Nice. Yeah. So we'll see. I think they'll get there. It literally is a journey. And my favorite word is authenticity. You have been authentic from the moment we met. And you know, the thing that I always say about my ex-boyfriend is great guy, not my guy. Okay. (laughs) Which gives it grace for both of us. Yeah. He loved me, but he didn't like me. Mm. He he looked at me, but Mm. he didn't see me. And you are all those things that mean the world to me. You and I had an instant hello, but you like me. I like you. I like your work ethic. I like your tenacity. I like that mouth that pops off every now and then. I like your humor. I like the fun. And more so than any of that, you also see me. You see people. You see their core. And that is why you are, I want to say in many ways, so unique and on your own in a world that is such a cookie cutter of everybody trying to be something else. And you are just who you are. And like, I love you for who you are. And it doesn't get better than you, Garcelle. It really doesn't. <sighs> Thank you. I receive that. I receive that. I receive that. Thank you. Thank you. You um Thank have you. to promise me right now, I, Garcelle Beauvais, swear. Say it. I, Garcelle Beauvais, swear. That in my next lifetime. That in my next lifetime. Laurent Zarian and I are going to be lovers and husband and wife. <laughs> 
Laura Zarian and I will be lovers and husbands and the best of friends and soulmates. You know, maybe we are sort of, you know, we are like twin flames. Yeah. We are like oh. twin flames. We're there twin flames. You know what? We're twin flames. And I would say we're like ebony and ivory, but there's that's that we can't. But just do me one more thing. Yeah. This podcast is called You Are Beautiful. So finish this sentence for me. I, Garcelle, am beautiful because. Wow. I, Garcelle, am beautiful because. Oh boy, it's hard. Um, because I love with everything that I've got, no matter what that is. I love hard. Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> the moments in my life that you have unknowingly picked me up where I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel seen at those red carpet events. You always created a space where I was seen, I was welcome, and I was loved. So thank you. You, you so matter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if we were in the same room right now, mm-hmm. we'd be making out hard. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love you. And I love you. And I love you. 